بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يهدكم الله ويوفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected and most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future, insha'Allah ta'ala. Uh, this, normally we prepare a khutbah based upon the time that we're in, based upon the significant events that took place in the months that we're in. The most significant event that took place in the month that we're in right now, the month of Rabiul Awwal. And the, the, the name of the month itself means the first spring, Rabiul Awwal, was the arrival of the Prophet Sallallahu the greatest mercy bestowed upon not just this Ummah, but upon, entire, upon the entire creation. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةٍ We have not sent you except as a rahmah, except as a mercy for all of mankind. Now I just want to focus today on the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and their connection with the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam and what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam meant to them and specifically just by mentioning a few because it's impossible for us to go through the list of the entire companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and focus on their relationship with the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam because the companions have such a uh, personal attachment with him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that each and every one of them felt that their connection with the Prophet was more than anybody else's or was better than anybody else's. That's why once when the companions were sitting together and they were talking to each other uh, about whom they loved the most and each and every one of them knew that or realized at that moment that we all love the Prophet more than we love anybody else. They were true adherents of the Prophet of Islam and true followers of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They understood that hadith of the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده ووالده والناس أجمعين that none of you can truly believe until I become more beloved to you than your father, your child and all of mankind. They acted upon that. So each and every one of them realized that we love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam more than we could possibly love anybody else. But then they thought to themselves, you know, the personal attachment and connection that the Prophet has with me, that surely must mean that he loves me more than he loves anybody else. They wanted to know who did the Prophet love more than anybody else. And each and every one of them said, me, he loved me more than anybody else. He loved me more than anybody else. And the Quran tells the companions that if you're in any doubt with regards to something, فَرُضُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ and go back and take it to them to Allah and His Messenger. And Allah, the, Allah's Messenger was there for them. So they went back to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, we were just talking among each other. 
We know that we love you more than we love anybody else. But who's that fortunate individual whom you love more than anybody else? And the Prophet wasallam smiled and said, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, his wife. That's an answer that took them by surprise. And they said, of course, O Messenger of Allah, that's your wife. You're going to love your wife. فَمِنَ الرِّجَالِ what about from among the men, O Messenger of Allah? And the Prophet said, Abuha, her father. Her father is whom? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. So this is the connection that the companions felt that they had with the Prophet sallallahu <coughs> Just merely mentioning the name of the Prophet sallallahu first of all, out of respect, nobody ever mentioned the name of the Prophet sallallahu You know, love necessitates ittiba. Love necessitates following. But love also necessitates adab. The adab of the companions was such that the companions never said, Oh Muhammad, Ya Muhammad. They said, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Nabi Allah. They would say, Oh Prophet of Allah, Oh Messenger of Allah. They would never call him by his name. That's adab. Just like we wouldn't call our parents by, our na- by their names. We would say, Oh Father, Oh Mother, in whatever language that we speak. But you will never call them by their names and say, Oh, Abdurrahman, Oh, Fatima. That's not going to happen, is it? That's a sign or a mark of disrespect. In exactly the same way, the companions never did that. However, when they heard the name of the Prophet, something happened within their hearts that made their hearts quiver. It melted the hearts of the companions. And this is what I wanted to ask you and myself today. What does listening to the name of the Prophet ﷺ do for us? I'm going to give you an example. Ask Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an, the one who popularized the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, did he not? Did Sayyidina Bilal not popularize the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and put it before all else? Saying, Ahad, Ahad, the one, the one, while he was being tortured and dragged through the streets of Mecca, did Sayyidina Bilal not act? Did he not understand what the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meant? Of course he did. And Sayyidina Bilal, listen to his story and you might have heard of this story. Many of the Uhfaz of Hadith have authenticated the narration that after the Prophet sallallahu passed away, Sayyidina Bilal, he couldn't bear to remain in Medina. He couldn't bear because this is what Tatabu al-Athar is. By following the, the traces, everything that he saw reminded him of the Prophet When he saw the streets, he would think to himself, these are not the streets of Medina, these are the streets where the Prophet would walk. When he would look at the walls, these are the walls that the Prophet would touch. This is the masjid in which the Prophet would lead the prayer. Everything reminded him of the Prophet And he had no choice but to leave. He couldn't bear to remain there after the Prophet passed away. So he went to Sham in a village near Damascus. Even today, it still exists in Syria. And he married there. And after a, a, a while, a fatra, it doesn't mention how long that while was, he had a dream. In his dream, he saw the Prophet and he began to cry and he, he woke up and he was crying and his wife said mayub what's making you cry and he says raaitu rasulullah al-bariha 
I saw the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam last night. You know, just imagine, just for him to say that I saw the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam last night. Now, how we yearn for one look of the Prophet alaihi salatu wasallam. And he said, he said the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to me, Ya Bilal, ma hadha al-jafa? Ama ana laka antudurna? Now, what's this foolishness, O Bilal? Why are you doing this, O Bilal? Are you not going to come and visit us? So at that moment, Bilal got up and he said to his wife, there's absolutely no chance I'm going to remain. I'm going back. I'm going to visit the Prophet ﷺ. He gets back into Medina. And when he arrives in Medina, the historians, including the likes of Ibn Kathir and many of the Hufad of Hadith, authenticated this. When he arrived back in Medina, it was like the, a second arrival of the Prophet ﷺ in terms of how happy the people were. Because after the Prophet ﷺ's passing, there was intense sadness and grief among the people. And when Bilal came, it rejuvenated them. It rejuvenated them. That people came out onto the streets. Yeah? For, for this individual who prior to Islam, you know, didn't have a status. Somebody who wasn't regarded enough by the Quraysh. This is how the Prophet ﷺ changed the landscape of that time. That they all came out in throes. They all came out, the children came out to greet him. And they all began to meet him. Bilal has come, Bilal has returned. And that's when Sayyidina Abu Bakr, who was the Khalifa of the time, he went to him. And he said, oh Bilal, why don't you... Remind us of the days of the Prophet by going in and performing the adhan for us today. Because Bilal was the mu'adhin. And he said, you know, I, uh, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, I'll do anything that you ask for, but that's one thing that I can't do. I can't do the, the adhan. So Abu Bakr, he doesn't press it. Sayyidina Umar comes, the other companions come and they try to convince him. He said, oh Bilal, do the adhan, perform the adhan for us. And he politely turns them down. He said, look, I can't do this. Ask me for anything, but don't ask me to do the adhan. So when he comes uh, towards the, the masjid and he arrives at the masjid of the Prophet wasallam, that's when the Sayyidah Shabab Ahlil Jannah, the two leaders of the youth of Jannah, Imam Al-Hassan and Imam Al-Hussein, who was still very young at the time, they come towards Bilal and one of them grabs one of his hands, another grabs the other hand. He said, oh, our Uncle Bilal, Oh, Uncle Bilal, today remind us of the days of the Prophet ﷺ. Remind us of the days of our grandfather and perform the adhan. And looking and staring into the eyes of these individuals, about whom the Prophet ﷺ said, they're my two flowers, they're my two pearls in this world. He was unable to say no. So he said, I'll do it. I can't say no to these children. And he goes and he performs, or he begins to... Say the adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. The companions mention Dajjatil Medina. Medina shook. It shook when Bilal said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. The people came out of their homes. The people came out of their homes. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. The women and the children came out of their homes and rushed towards the masjid. And they began to say, and Ibn Kathir mentions this in Al-Bidaya wa Nihaya. Abu Itha Rasulullah. Abu Itha Rasulullah, has the Prophet ﷺ come back? 
Surely he must have come back. Bilal's doing the adhan. Surely the Prophet ﷺ is going to lead the prayer. They all began to make their way back to the masjid. When Bilal said, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, his voice, it, 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 he began to choke. Because when he would say, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, he would see the Prophet ﷺ at that very moment come out of his hujra, come out of his room and towards the masjid. And he would see the face of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he was saying, I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And today he looked, he didn't see the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam. And it's, report, it's reported in the, in, in the hadith that he fainted and he became unconscious. And he had to be woken up by the companions. And this, is, this was out of his, his sincere and intense love for the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is who... This is what the companions were about. A compa the, the, the state of the companions at that time when Sayyidina Bilal was given the adhan and he said, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, the, the authenticators of, of the hadith or, or the narrators among the, the, the great hafaz, they say, فَمَا عَرَفَتِ الْمَدِينَةُ أَشَدَّ بُقَعًا وَعَوِيلًا بَعْدَ يَوْمِ وَفَاتِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم قَيَوْمٍ قَالَ فِيهِ بِلَالٍ أَشَّدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهِ That Medina has never known a day more full of crying and lamenting after the day that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed away until the day that Bilal came back and said أَشَّدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهِ Medina has not cried that much. Medina cried on the day that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed away and after that day the, the worst day for the companions, or the, the day that they cried the most, was when Bilal came back and said, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. This is the companions' attachment to the Habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is who he was. This is this they understood the verses of the Quran Kul in kuntum Allah That if you truly love Allah. The Quran, Allah is telling us, say to them, O Muhammad, if you truly love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Then follow me. Follow me as in follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what's the thamra? What's the fruit that you're going to get from that? It's like when we say, the thamra, the fruit here is like when you tell your children to come to the masjid. And you say to them, come to the masjid, come to the masjid. There's a, for, for Jumu'ah or for a, for a program. And they say, what am I going to get if I come to the masjid? They want a reward, right? And you reward your children. And you say, you know what? If you go to the masjid, I'm going to get you some sweets. I'm going to take you to the shop afterwards. I'm going to take you to, to, uh, to the ice cream parlor or dessert place down the road. You try to reward them. If you're feeling a bit too generous, I'll get you an iPad or an iPod or uh, an iPhone. Right? And the children then come to the masjid. Once they leave, then you have to Get whatever you said you're going to get for them. That's the thamra, that's the fruit of them remaining in the masjid. The fruit of this verse is, if you truly love Allah, the Prophet ﷺ says, follow me. Follow me. What's the fruit? What's the reward of loving Allah and following the Prophet ﷺ? Yuhbibkumullah. Allah is going to love you. And he's going to forgive for you your sins. And that's the fruit. That's the reward of loving Allah and following the Prophet That's why I mentioned that love necessitates ittiba. Muhabba necessitates following. Nobody can claim to love the Prophet and then not follow him. 
It just doesn't make any sense. Ask the companions of the Prophet. Nobody loved him more than the companions and nobody followed him better than the companions. Why did the Prophet say that the best of people are those that live in my time, as in those who live with me? Why would the Sahaba be the best of people, the best of nations? Not only are they, just like the Prophet is the afdal uh, rusul he's the best of prophets he's the best of all the messengers in exactly the same way the companions of the prophet are the best of all nations any nation from say adam up until yawmul qiyamah the companions will be the best why not just because they loved him but because their love necessitated following and they followed the Prophet and his advice, his recommendations to a T. To a T. And this is the difference between their love and our love for the Prophet. Our love is, is I would say, I don't want to say worthless. And I don't want to say meaningless either. Because we do feel that we love the Prophet. And we do, you know, our hearts do yearn for the Prophet But not like the companions did. Not like their hearts did. Because when they yearned for the Prophet they wanted to follow him even more. They made it their, their life's work to ensure that they acted upon his way, they acted upon his sunnah. How often do we do that? Right? It's not just by hearing, mentioning the name of the Prophet ﷺ, your hearts began, begin to melt, your hearts begin to yearn, and that's it, it's left at that. Or we listen to the praises of the Prophet ﷺ, and we cry, we shed tears, we remember the Prophet, and then when it comes to salah time, we leave and we go home and we go to sleep. You see, it just doesn't make any sense. Because this is a different kind of love. That's why the Prophet that none of you can truly believe until I become more beloved to him than his father, his son, and all of mankind. Because it's a different kind of love that you have for your children. It's a different kind of love that you have for your spouse. It's a different kind of love that you have for your parents and your brothers and sisters. You cannot compare it with the love that you have for the Prophet You just can't. And this is something that, that it cannot be taken out of our hearts. If this love and this, this, this love is taken away from our hearts, that ittiba, that following is taken away from our hearts. And if we stop following the Prophet وسلم, we, stop, we stop acting upon our tradition and we stop acting upon our religion. So religion is taken away. Because religiosity is ittiba of the Prophet It is the following of the Prophet And it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself attaches the Prophet sallallahu love to his own love. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Say if you really love Allah, then follow me, and then what? Allah will love you. Allah will love you. If you really love Allah, follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa To those, and, and I'm going to go through this very quickly, and, and, and you do come across this, and we do, the, there are those individuals who will claim that when 
we love the Prophet sallallahu yeah. that there's some kind of limit, that there's some kind of guluf or excessiveness in loving the Prophet There's no guluf. There's no excessiveness. There's no limit to loving the Prophet sallallahu As long as you believe the Prophet sallallahu to be a prophet and you don't put him on the same platform as Allah, na'udhu billah min dhalik. There's no guluf, there's no excessiveness there. We cannot compare our love for the Prophet to the, the companions and their love for him. Let's look at some of the companions. Look at the Mu'addin Bilal. Right? When he was passing away, this was afterwards. He went back to, after he left from Medina, he went back to, to, uh, to Syria and he passed away in Damascus. And uh, when, when, he was, uh, when he was passing away and, and, and the athar of moat of, of death were, were, were present on his body and on his face, he began to say, Wahuzna. Oh grief, oh sadness, he began to, to exclaim. And his wife, uh, no sorry, his wife began to say, Wahuzna. His wife began to say, what grief and what sadness is this? And Sidna Bilal says to her, that, why are you sad? Why are you depressed? You know, you should say, Wafarha, what happiness, what joy this is. And she said, why would I be joyous at this occasion? And and he says that you should be joyous at the fact that I'm going to meet the Prophet You should be joyous at the fact that I'm leaving and after I close my eyes, the first individual that I will see is going to be the Prophet They welcome death to catch a glimpse of the greatest of mankind. This was their love, an intense love for the Prophet There's a companion by the name of Zaid. And you probably heard of this story also. And he was captured by the Quraysh. He was captured by the Quraysh during a time when uh, the relationship with the Muslims, and this was in between the battles, uh, when the relationship between the Muslims in Medina and the Quraysh in Mecca wasn't so good. And they were looking for Muslims to take their revenge on, and they captured Zaid. And Zaid was a, a sincere companion of the Prophet ﷺ, and as he's captured and he's brought up and he's strung up in the streets of Medina, they wanted to rally the troops. Because we captured one of them, come and see him. And they captured one of them, they, 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 they strung him up for, for everybody to see and the people arrived. Uh, and, and at that moment, uh, the leader of the Quraysh, or one of the leaders of the Quraysh, Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, who later accepted Islam after the conquest of Mecca, he says to Zaid, he said, oh Zaid, and, and this is the most amazing question and then the most amazing answer. He said, oh Zaid, would you not prefer that today Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam be in your place? And you be enjoying life with your family, and you be you're with your wife and, and, and your children. And Sayyidina Zaid radiallahu ta'ala and he gives a true lover's response. He smiles through the tears and through the blood, and, and, and he says that I swear by Allah, I take an oath by Allah that I would rather give my life than see a thorn prick the foot of the Prophet. This is their love for the Prophet. This is what the Prophet ﷺ meant to them. Now could you ever imagine that these individuals who loved the Prophet ﷺ so intensely would do every, anything to deviate from his sunnah? Would they take another path other than the path of the Prophet ﷺ, those who loved him so intensely? Of course not. This is why we have to love the Prophet ﷺ. Because once we love him, our love necessitates ittiba, it necessitates following. 
and 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 finally, I'm, I'm going to leave you with one one or two hadith, and I'll I'll just mention the hadith in 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 in, uh, in English. I'll translate it for you. So that Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala an, uh, he mentions that a man, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and his sa'a. He asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the sa'a, about the last day, about the last hour. فَقَالَ مَتَى السَّعَى And he says, Ya Rasulullah, when is the, the hour going to come? قَالَ مَاذَا عَدَدْتَ لَهَا What you're asking about the, the last hour, you're asking about the last day, what have you prepared for it? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, قَالَ لَا شَيَّ إِلِّي he said, nothing, I've prepared nothing, I don't have anything. And this was his, what we would say, his ajizi. This was his humility and his humbleness. Nothing doesn't mean that I don't have any fast and I don't have any prayers, I, don't have, I haven't done anything, I just love the, Allah and His Prophet. No, nothing meant, he felt as if he hasn't done anything to merit um, uh, recognition on that day on, 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 on Yom Al-Qiyamah so he said I've got nothing except the only thing that I know that I have is that I love Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said anta ma'man ahbabta you will be with the one who you love so don't worry about that day you're going to be with the one you love and Sayyidina Anas he says qala Anas fama farihna bi shay'in فَرَحَنَا بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ أَنْتَ مَعْمَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ We, i.e. the companions, have never been so happy to hear any statement than that statement from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أَنْتَ مَعْمَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ That you're going to be with the one that you love. Because we knew, and I mentioned this at the start, right? Who did the companions love the most? They loved the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. So when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to them, you're going to be with the one you love, they felt safe. That we love the Prophet. They knew that, they realized that. And on that day, we're going to be with him. And that gave them a sense of satisfaction. It doesn't do that for us. Because when we say we love the Prophet more than, the, more than anybody else, or we love him more than our children, we love him more than our parents, we're willing to do whatever it takes. But we're not. We, we make all those exuberant, extravagant claims and we're unable to, to follow him. We're unable to act upon his teachings. We're unable to, to be like him. We still continue on our merry path, hurting people, harming people, forgetting the fact that the Prophet wasallam he never hurt or harmed anybody. We still are disrespectful to our parents, forgetting that the Prophet wasallam never mentioned a word of... Of, of uf that the Quran mentions to any of his parents and he believed he, his mothers the ones who took care of him when he was small Umm Ayman who took care of him when he was small say the Halima who took care of him who suckled him when he was small he's considered them his parents his mothers the Prophet wasallam would have so much respect intense Respect and dignity for them and honor for them. How often do we respect our parents in the same manner? So the Anas mentions that Lam Yakun Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fahishan wala mutafahishan. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would never, he was never abusive, he would never swear, he would never use foul, foul language. How often do you swear and you use foul language? 
Sayyidina Anas said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spent 10 years in his company, the Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam. He never ever struck me. He never ever hit me. Even when I did something wrong, he never rebuked me in a manner that upset me. How often do you break somebody else's heart? How often do we hurt other people's feelings and play with other people's emotions? So then don't claim that we should not claim. We don't have the right to claim the love for the Prophet that the companions had. We don't. We have no right to say that because we don't follow the Prophet the way we need to. Or the way that we should. The, the companions love for the Prophet made them into better human beings. Look at Sayyidina, Sayyidina Umar. People were terrified of Umar. People were terrified of him. And not in a good way. That fear wasn't rob. Right? Where they were in awe of him. No, they feared him. They didn't like him. They detested Umar. Before he accepted Islam. And after he accepted Islam, what does he say? He said, no face was, was more harmful and more hurtful that made me more angry than the face of the Prophet And today, nothing gives me more joy and happiness than seeing the face of the Prophet And it changed him as a human being, didn't it? That same umr, that same fear changed to awe. That same khawf changed to ru'b. Now they're in awe of umr. They want to be like umr. That's who Sayyidina Umar became after accepting the religion of Islam. After spending time with the Prophet Again, look at the difference between the likes of Sayyidina Umar and the likes of me and you. I'll leave you with the hadith of the Prophet You know this, this love, it doesn't come easy. And you know why it doesn't come easy? Because the Prophet told us so. In a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mughaffal radiallahu ta'ala and he says that a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, O Messenger of Allah, by Allah I love you. He said, I swear by Allah I love you. The companion came and told the Prophet sallallahu this. And the Prophet sallallahu said to him, consider what you say. Watch what you're saying. And he said, O oh Allah, by Allah I, 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 I indeed love you, O Messenger of Allah. He repeated it again. And the second time, the Prophet ﷺ again said, consider what you say. And this happened three times. The Prophet ﷺ on each occasion said to him, consider what you're saying. And at the end of it, after the third time, he said, if you do love me, then prepare and arm yourself against poverty. And poverty doesn't only mean just uh, poverty in terms of losing your wealth and living uh, a, a life of simplicity. Poverty in this uh, instance or in this situation means Prepare yourself against the worst, right? For indeed, poverty comes faster, and, and this, all of this, these trials and these tribulations come faster upon one who loves me than flood comes to its destination. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. Prepare yourself. Uh, we pray sincerely that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an, the blessed sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant uh, our love necessitate, make it necessitate, make our love necessitate the following of the Prophet alayhi salatu wa salam. Wa akhiru da'amana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.